Well, it is a tricky subject, but there are times for all parents when they just don't like parenthood. They love their child, but the actual experience of being a parent just doesn't feel that great at that moment. Especially when, for example, your child is unconsolable and you haven't been able to eat or sleep in hours, you can't even get to the toilet. Psychologist Sam Johal says ambivalence about parenting can strike at any time, even in the lead-up to parenting. He says it's totally normal, but because few parents ever voice these feelings, it's easy to feel guilty. Great to have you back in the studio. Lovely to see you. Hi. Lovely to see you too, Catherine. Nice to be here. So what are we talking about here? Does it take many forms? Uh, You use the word ambivalence, and that's probably a good one, yeah? Yeah, it's this. It's very normal human experience. It's not just about parenting. It's about all sorts of different things in life, particularly when we're thinking about relationships. Um, you know, those who love you can leave you. They can reject you. They can disappoint you. All of this stuff happens, particularly in these early childhood parenting years. You know, chaos is universal. Uh, you just can't necessarily see it from the outside. So all of that leads to a complex set of experiences, and it can be very confusing for people. They can experience pressure from other people to conform or feel like they can't voice their doubts or concerns. But the implicit message here is that no one's really talking about it, so maybe there's something wrong with me. And so you can internalize a lot of this ambivalence because everybody else feels like they're doing okay with it. What are the circumstances in which it can strike it can come on quickly as a result of fatigue or frustration or can it be slow burn give us the range yeah it can be you know a particular interaction that's gone off and you feel like hey i can't really be doing this at the moment you know you you can be waking up with a feeling of dread you know wishing you didn't have to do all the parenting things um It's anything that's really demanding. Let's say, for example, you're trying to work with your child on sharing uh, with other children, you know, because it's the social thing to do. You're being a good parent. But it doesn't come that easy for toddlers. Uh, And it can feel like when it does go off the rails, you can feel like a failure. You can feel this tension building up between you and your child. And that can have um, resultant feelings like anger, guilt or depression if it doesn't go right. Or perhaps we spend a lot of time trying to convince other parents that we're trying to do the right thing. So we're kind of like doing a lot of show for them. Um, Or we can repress or suppress our negative feelings because they feel really wrong for us to be experiencing them. And so the cycle then kind of continues into, you know, what do we do when we try to hide our feelings? Often we can distract ourselves or we can obliviate them, you know, wind a clock this idea that, you know, we want to get to the end of the day, we want to do something completely different that is not to do with our kids. Or sometimes we might be hypervigilant, so we get super helicopter parenty about it because we don't want this thing to go wrong. Or sometimes we... Don't want to be found out. Yeah, we don't want to be, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to be Which found is, out. Which is irrational, but like, let me demonstrate how much I do love parenting. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you might even overschedule because you want to have other opportunities for this to go right and feel like you're having this experience of success. So all of these things are kind of compensatory ways of dealing with the really horrible emotion of sometimes we can feel like we don't like parenting much. Uh, And I think that that's a normal feeling to have. Let's get to the root of it. Um, 
at its heart, I mean, this is the thing, you're dealing with relationships, right? So there's always emotions involved and you're not in, to- you're not in charge of what other people do. Mm. So that complicates things. You can try and have a reasonable level of control over your own um, desires and wishes and plans. But when other people pile in with theirs, inevitably that can conflict, right? So some of it is simply, you've ruined my day to day or you've ruined my weekend or, you know, um, and that's what you signed up to. Is there something else going on that that can be um, that can be deeper though, and can we go through a genuine assessment of the sliding doors and what life might have been, and do you need to be honest about that? Because whatever whatever happens to us, whatever path we follow, there's a temptation to say, I could have been this, or it could have been that, or it could have been this person, or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely realistic. Sometimes you do wake up in the morning and feel like you wish you had your old life back. Or you have feelings like, thoughts like, am I trapped in this, feeling like this forever? Or what if it all was a mistake? Or what if it means that I don't love my child? You know, this is the kind of step trying that people can have. And, and I think that people can get to the realisation of that it's, it's usually temporary, but it's often driven by a couple of things. One of those things is having really unrealistic expectations as to what having a child is like. And I think that experienced parents would probably all sign up to the notion that having a child is really messy, figuratively, literally, but also the emotions that it provokes in you and others too, including your children, your partner, your parents, whoever's around. It's messy. The other thing I think that's going on is that we lose control of time a lot when we have a child. So if you're used to having a highly ordered life and being able to schedule yourself, the other thing that gets messed up is time. Now, if you think back to our experience over the pandemic and how we've experienced this kind of time distortion when we've gone off schedule from what we would normally be doing, you know, it has really big implications as to how we experience time. So that even during your parenting experience, quite momentary or temporary things can feel like they're merging into this one big horrible experience rather than actually it's a small thing and it's interspersed with other little moments of joy too. We tend to see this perhaps sometimes if we're in the wrong frame of mind with really negative lenses. We can do that all the time. We can add up all the negatives and edit out all the positives in anything we're experiencing. And um, that can come down to one's mindset. Um, it was kind of what I was alluding to earlier, and that there's a stage in your life where you can have reasonable, and it's sort of between being parented yourself mm. and becoming a parent, you can have reasonable control, if you're a fortunate person, over aspects of your life. Now, that this is this invasion, as we said, of other people, whether it's partner, partners, parents, kids, the works, and do you need to, at some point, adjust, especially if you are someone who likes your space and your stuff, adjust to the fact that this goes with the package. Mm. Do you need to confront that at some point? Yeah, it's not just the circumstances and what's going on in your life, but it's also what it's kind of triggering for you. For you. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things to talk about here. It centers around the idea of the difference between guilt and shame. So guilt is this idea that you feel bad because it's something that you did. Whereas shame is much more about you. You feel bad because it says something about who you are. So let's say, for example, you're on your phone 
uh, and you're with your baby and you feel guilty for being on the phone with your baby, um, but you can commit to making more of an effort not to repeat that tomorrow. If you're prone to feeling shame, you may have that experience of looking at your phone and it you may feel like it says something about you. It makes you feel like this must mean you don't love your baby and there's something wrong with you because you can't stop looking at your phone. So I think one of the things is that we need to keep open the idea that we can learn from our experiences and we can choose differently next time. Can all of this be exacerbated by the fact that you may also be fatigued, stressed, worried, worried about your relationship? It doesn't happen in isolation. No, it doesn't. And you can feel broken by these experiences. You can feel like... Um, there was one group that I read about, a mother's group, where they came together to have an honest conversation about these feelings of ambivalence around parenthood. And people left that group and reflected upon it and didn't come back again because they felt so guilty about talking about the feelings that they had that it felt shaming to come back and own them again. It's sort of... It, this actually gets to the heart of it, which is the mythology of perfection, and, and, and you know, and this, you know, and we know this force, this desire to protect and love you, raise your child, is genuine, but it's not perfect. It's not a perfectly formed experience. And is it that? And, and also that whole idea that you know, is there any worse offence in um, uh, in our societies than you know, not loving or not caring for your child? Now you're pointing out these things are not the same. But in our muddled minds, they can become the same. Um, it seems as almost like the, the ultimate sort of failing, whereas it's completely and utterly ubiquitous that at some point you're going to think, I really have thoughts about the life I'm living here. Mm. But but it's it, society holds it up as, you know, the, the perfect example of being a perfect human. Yeah. And it's not. No, it's not. And, and to, to a large extent, we need relief, relief from two things. One is this idealized notion of what it is that you can accomplish, either in parenting mode or whilst you're trying to do something else, whilst you are a parent. So that's one thing. And the second thing is relief from our own conscience, which has internalized this idealized version of what it is to be a parent. Because we are kind of sold the myth that we can accomplish in all areas of our life all at the same time. And if you think about this idea of mastery, looking after a young child is pretty much the direct opposite of mastery. It is an altogether suboptimal experience for most of the time. So if that's what you're looking for, you need to be looking at it in terms of you will have moments of peak experience and joy and wonder and at brilliant moments with your child, and you will have downtimes with your child too. It's just like the rest of life. I want to come back to that idea of shame around talking about it because um, I don't know how many times I've said this on air. You know, I, I'm, I'm, one of my theories is that all bad behavior comes from insecurity, right? And the risk is if we make ourselves vulnerable to someone else about this, that the someone else might use it to bolster their own insecure mm -hmm. status by saying, oh, my God, do you know what mm -hmm. so-and-so said? Yeah. This is vulnerability, and it requires an enormous amount of trust. And is it wise? Like, do you need to be careful who you talk about it to? Yeah, and I think that, that people have a 
natural instinct to be careful about who they do talk to about it, uh, talk about this with. You know, it can. We know that people who experience shame from the experience of parenting, it can isolate them from seeking the support of others. But I think that what that's telling us is that we need to be careful about who it is that we get these supportive experiences from, who we can draw from. And what we can do is to start thinking about why are we setting ourselves such high bars and thinking about, well, is this something else that we can do to build perhaps a slightly lower bar, just getting through the day and having more of those little moments of where things are kind of going okay-ish, your child is clean-ish, they're being fed-ish, rather than this kind of really high bar that we have. Because I think that the shame comes from somehow we feel like there's something wrong with us because everybody else is pretending that everything is going well all the time. But when you start to lower your guard, you need to kind of do this in a gentle, reciprocal way so you can try things out with each other rather than perhaps exposing everything and feeling really vulnerable all at the same time. Because you are also touching on that other person's insecurity about their same feelings. So that's interesting. It, It needs to be a careful and sort of progressive conversation I want to talk about the impact and the other fear which is that your partner will think there's something going wrong with you or there's something up with them but you've just made you've raised a point I'll um, reflect on thanks to a listener's email the whole idea of proactive parenting says this email it means we place an unnecessarily massive expectation on ourselves it was only a generation or two ago and as far back as humans existed that parenting was purely about food shelter and warmth psychology has changed things so much in such a short time it's an interesting observation. There were some parenting practices of earlier generations we're probably grateful to leave behind. But to their point, the, st- the bar has gone from here to here. Yeah. And everywhere around us, it's not just the occasional book you get given when you find out you're expecting. You know, it's Instagram and, you know, your social media networks and your every other network coming at you with so much that people can feel overwhelmed with the whole concept. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, dangers here, one of the things that we need to try and avoid. Absolutely, I absolutely 100% agree with the idea of the good enough parent. You know, the things that we can learn that can help our children, help our own experience as parents, but the unnecessarily high bar is really unhelpful. What we don't want to do is then to become completely laissez-faire and say, well, you know, I'm not going to do anything, didn't do me any harm uh, being left alone for nine hours a day, whatever your experience might have been. So yes, there is a middle way, but it's it's hard to steer that middle way when you're being surrounded by all these images or ideas as to what parenthood should look like. Talking to your partner about it, um, again, this issue of vulnerability and insecurity, and do people fear that that will begin to raise doubts in the partner, or again, that it might come back and be used against you Mm. somehow? Mm. How do you approach it? Yeah, really gently. Um, Hopefully your relationship is in a space where you can have honest conversations, where you have momentary, uh, just as you share momentary, you know, tidings of joy whenever something really, really good happens, you can say and share, hey, you know what, I'm not having a really great day today. And what about if we could plan some time away from the kids? You know, can we do that and kind of pretend for these five or six hours that we can have a day where we're not concerned with what 
the three, four people around us who are demanding from us all the time and kind of get our own needs met as well. So there's us as a parent, but also thinking about ourselves as parenting units interacting with each other or whānau units, family units. How is it that we can get our needs met as well as meeting the needs of these small people? You don't come piling out saying... I'm feeling like this all the time and yada, 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 and I'm really doubting whether I should ever become a parent. You start <laughs> with, can we build in some time? Yeah. Can you, and, 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 and therefore see if you can build in some strategies that help ease it or, or help you deal with it when it happens. And I think building in that time with your partner may then start to ease the feelings of being completely surrounded by these, these feelings that being a parent triggers for you at times. Some more coming in from listeners. I have three kids, two at school and one pre-primary, and I feel like I've been in the preschool part of parenting for a long time, described as the hurt locker by my friends, whose kids are largely a bit older. I feel bad that I'm wishing away my youngest child's early years to get to a place that's less stressful for me, I'm certainly less patient with her than her older siblings. Mm, I I hear you and I feel you. Um, I've got an 11-year-old, 4-year-old and 2-year-old. And sometimes I feel a little bit like the 2-year-old gets less attention than she deserves. One of the things that we're going to try and do is to make sure that we're apportioning a little bit of time where it's just her. Uh, and so we can feel like we're giving her a little bit of attention and not being so divided and feeling frazzled by everybody all at the same time. Really, really difficult to achieve. But I think thinking a little bit about what's your what's the relationship that you want to build here and trying to find imaginative ways of focusing just short periods of time, little bits of mastery, little bits of connection, which can then help as a as a as a lightning rod for some of these other more complex feelings. Actually, it makes me reflect on the number of late-life parents who might be onto second families, and they've done round one, and I imagine this occurs from time to time. You yeah, know, if you're in your 50s or 60s thinking, do I really want to have a two-year-old? How did that happen? And you're parachuted back into that But it doesn't mean again. you don't love your child. No, we, we need to finish um, that thought, which is, does it genuinely occur, that insecurity, that sense of this isn't the way you're supposed to feel, can it genuinely raise a feeling of, you know, or risk raising a feeling of I don't love my child? Or is that more that you need to tell yourself, remind yourself, of course I love my child and what I'm experiencing is not about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what for most people, what they're experiencing is the comparison between the life that they had before or the, the life that they imagined that they would have as a parent. And as I said, experienced parents come back and say, you know, it's a lot messier than I thought it would be. And it continues to be a lot messier. So accepting the mess is part of the journey, I think. Another says, our first child was planned and a breeze to parent. Our second came close behind, unplanned and a very high needs baby. It's been 18 months of crying and clingingness while my older toddler has to wait. I find myself resenting the second child for taking me away from my first child. It's not her fault we got pregnant again, but how can I change my attitude to stop resenting my second child for life uh, for being so much harder? It's really hard. Um, you know, that kind of very different experience that you've had with your second child compared to your first is, is not uncommon. Um, I think that having more than one child can bring moments of delight, but also experiences of different kinds of love that you've never experienced before. So I think perhaps starting to think about, well, what different kind of relationship and and connection and attachment can I have to my different children and love them in different ways? I think that's one of the journeys that parents go through is not only with different children, but as your child grows, 
you will come to love them in different ways or love different parts of them and they you and what they need from you too. And often as children go through different stages of childhood, that can then be another challenge of of ambivalence and complex emotions that are brought up by that. Some more wisdom coming in here from listeners. I've been a doctor for 30 years. It's nothing to do with love for the child. It's all to do with full-time work and trying to parent and paying bills and feeling overwhelmed. Most of my parents that feel what you're talking about are trying to do too much. And another one here, we're sold the myth by the advertising industry. Marketing is the activity that compels us to improve ourselves, therefore constantly reinforcing the idea that we need improvement. That's why we are hearing this conversation on a non-commercial channel. This one is important to discuss, actually it already occurred to me, the difference between feelings of ambivalence that are normal and when you should seek help. Mm. This emailer says, we have to remember the very real physical effects of peri and postnatal depression which needs treatment. If not, the coffee group is an essential. My daughter's group's children are now getting their licenses, still support each other. Um, You need to be on alert for yourself and for others for when this is... Um, but you know, is or actually a, a medical um, or a or a um, psychological condition that needs professional assistance. Yeah, absolutely. If these feelings are persisting for some time, or you're feeling that you want to do some quite extreme things, you find yourself you know constantly angry with yourself or with your child, then it is probably time to to check that out with a, a trained medical professional and they'll help you to start tease apart what kind of support that you'll need for yourself to help you on your parenting journey. Sab, thanks very much. Sab Joe Hal.